What is up? Welcome to the Straight Line with not Ryan Leaf. I am Mike Renner, lead draft analyst, filling in here for Ryan, who's out in Arizona, gallivanting around the desert, probably shopping for Speedos right now for Ground Beach. But I'm here in New York doing his job for him, freezing my nuts off to get the job done because the show goes on. You've probably heard the Super Bowl broken down from every which way, every angle already, but you haven't heard me and two-time Super Bowl champion Bryant McFadden break it down from every which angle. So, Bryant, thanks for coming out, man. Let's kick it off right at this with what I think is going to be the biggest matchup to watch in the Super Bowl and is basically a schematic matchup, how Andy Reid and I guess Patrick Mahomes by extension attacks this Jonathan Gannon coach defense, this Eagles defense that's as loaded as any defense in the NFL. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. If you were Jonathan Gannon, how would you scheme up? What are you trying to do to stop this Kansas City Chiefs offense? Well, I think defensively for the Eagles in regards to what they've done well, they've been great. They've been the best in the world in regards to sacking the quarterback, you know, almost 80 sacks, as a whole right now. So that skill set should surface in Sunday's ball game. But also, too, you have to be mindful of the play callers you're going against. You talk about the enemy, you talk about Andy Reid. They understand and know what the Eagles' strength has been. So they probably will attack the Eagles in a way that that strength isn't on display, right? So I would make sure in the secondary, Mike, I would make sure nine times out of ten, I have my guys in the back end, my corners, my safeties. Anytime they're in a a coverage situation, they're playing close. They're playing bump and run. They're up in the face. They're trying to be disruptive because if you allow the pass catchers from the Kansas City Chiefs to have a free release, I believe they will shorten the game. They will be able to play a dunk, dunk and dunk mentality just so that pressure is not able to get to Pat Mahomes. And we've seen that from time to time offensively with the Chiefs. You know, we know they've been an explosive offense when given the opportunity to be explosive. But what they do extremely well is they take what the defense has given them, especially a guy like Travis Kelsey. So if you allow these guys to have a free release, you better believe Pat Mahomes will not allow. He will get the football out of his hands before the pressure can get there. So if I'm Gannon, listen, in the secondary, we're going to play physical. We're going to play up in their face. We, we want to disrupt the timing so guys like Hassan Reddick, Sweat, Hargrave, Klotz, can do what they've been doing the entire year, which is sack the quarterback, which is collapse the pocket. Yeah, I do like that for the outside, and I think that's a matchup that they wholesale win. You know, James Bradbury, Darius Slay versus those Chiefs wide receivers. But it's a little easier said than done on the outside than it is on the inside. So you mentioned Travis Kelsey there. What is your game plan specifically for Kelsey? Because he's not really a guy that I'm going to want to get up and press because of how talented he is at the line of scrimmage and what he can do as a route runner. Well, Mike, you're right, because he's so physical, he's so big. But you cannot allow him just to be able to free release off the line of scrimmage. I call Travis Kelsey sweet spot Travis because he finds the sweet spot better than any pass catcher in the National Football League. It can be zone concepts. It can be man concepts. This guy is so cerebral as a route runner. He understands and knows where to go to be able to be open. So, so if you allow him to find his sweet spot, He's going to catch eight-yard passes, nine-yard passes, five-yard passes, and turn them into huge runs because that's what he's been doing the entire year. And trust me, I know firsthand because I've had Pat Mahomes on one of my fantasy teams this year, (laughs) and I have reaped the benefits of the success from Travis Kelsey. So I know that firsthand. So what I would do is, let's go back, right? The last Super Bowl the Kansas City Chiefs played in was against who? Tampa. Tampa. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And if you look at that ball game, go back and do your homework and study tape on how the Buccaneers played Travis Kelsey. They touched him up almost every opportunity. And what that did was that disrupt the timing with Travis Kelsey and his quarterback. And then that also made it difficult for Travis, Travis Kelsey to find what? The sweet spot in zone concepts or man concepts. That's the one guy you cannot allow just to have a free range to get into his routes because he is deadly when given that opportunity, given that space. So he is the guy right now. We're going to have somebody on him. It could be a defensive lineman that might need to extend his, 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 his set to be able to be in front of Travis Kelsey. It could be a linebacker. It could be a safety. But we're not going to allow him just to get into his route concept freely. No. Disrupt. Put hands on him. Because when you do not do that, Sweet spot, Kelsey, will show up. All right, so let's say the Eagles do get a little disruption on the outside. They're making Pat Mahomes hold the ball a little bit more than he wants to. How do you see the matchup playing out between the Chiefs' offensive line? That's a very good offensive line, especially on the interior, versus this Eagles pass rush that I think by any measure is a top one, two, three defensive line in the NFL. And number one in my book, how do I see the offensive line unit from Kansas City holding up against the Eagles? I don't see them holding up consistently for four quarters. And the reason why I feel that way is because numbers do not lie. Eagles, I think they have a total of 78 sacks on the year. They finished the regular season with 70. They got another eight in two playoff games. They have three guys on their defensive line that have double-digit sacks, Mike. And the three guys that have double-digit sacks, none of them are their name Fletcher Cox. And we know how good Fletcher Cox is and has been, but we, we're talking about three other guys, not named Fletcher Cox that have double-digit sacks. So at some point in time, that consistency is going to show up, not to mention Hassan Reddick. Oh, by the way, Mike, quick nugget for you and for everyone that's listening to us. I put a little, I put a little, little green on Hassan Reddick to win the MVP. By the way, Ooh, I like. That I put ball. a little green. Yeah, I, I think his odds were at plus twenty five hundred. I put a little green on Hassan Reddick because he's been a terror so far throughout this year, and clearly in the playoff run, he's been unblockable. And if he continues to do what he's done thus far, he might make a strong case to be able to win the MVP. But. As I go back to my initial response, I don't think Kansas City, for four quarters now, I'm not saying for a quarter or a half, that they might not be able to do what they're supposed to do. But for four quarters, no, nah, I think it's going to be a tall task. And we must remember, Pat Mahomes, one of his tires is not fully inflated. That, mm -hmm. that, that, that run flat tire is basically running on that run flat. You know what I mean? So he's not as mobile as he's been throughout his uh, throughout this year because of that ankle injury. Granted, he had, he's had extra time, but we know that tire is not going to be fully inflated, so he might not be as mobile as he's been to be able to buy extra time, which would help the pass rushers from the Eagles get back there to do what they've done the entire season. Yeah, I think that's a big sort of lost point in this game is that those edge rushers now can run up the field, get around their speed rushers, and, and I like the Hassan Reddick call out because he has a favorable matchup there and Andrew Wiley, but they don't have to contain, you know, they don't have to worry about Mahomes breaking the pocket and making those special plays if he is on a hobbled ankle. But with that matchup though, do you foresee 
the Chiefs maybe trying to run the ball a little bit more? Because this Eagles defense is was the fifth worst in terms of EPA per play against the run this season. They are a little susceptible. Those guys do get upfield. They like to attack, leave some creases. Do we see a run heavier game plan from the Chiefs, you think? I wouldn't say heavier because that's just <laughs> not their were. identity. Yeah. But they need to establish the running attack, especially with a hobbled Pat Mahomes. Isaiah Pacheco, the little engine that could, he has been he, – he's been a huge – uh, a productive player for their offense and get him going. Clyde Edwards Elair, a guy who's been inactive for the last, what, five, six weeks, he will be active for this ball game. So he's another back uh, that could be uh, uh, getting getting some opportunities. But they got to find a way to run the football. You don't want to be one-dimensional, as you mentioned, with pass rushes that want to pass rush every down anyway. You don't want to be one-dimensional. So Isaiah Pacheco, he has to find a way to get things going along with some of the other backs, McKinney. Uh, it's just a just to set some type of balance for their offense. So, yes, running the football, opposing teams have had success running the, running the football against the Eagles. And if you're Kansas City, if you're Andy Reid, if you're Eric Bieniemy, you want to make them play honest. You want to make them play honest. If you can provide that type of structure offensively, then, of course, Pat Mahomes can do what he's been doing the entire year. All right, I want to go to the flip side of things. I asked you earlier what would you do if you were Jonathan Gannon. I want to know now what you would do if you were Steve Spagnolo going up against this Shane Steichen, or as Gronk would say, Shane Spikeman, coached offense that throws as much at you as any offense in the NFL. They have options for basically everything. So what are you trying to take away from this Eagles offense, or what are you trying to do schematically to basically limit? Because I don't think you're ever really going to stop this Eagles team. Well, let's start with the most important player, and that's Jalen Hurts. There's a cool stat in regards to Jalen Hurts, and I don't know the exact numbers, but there's a cool stat based on Jalen Hurts when he's pressured compared to when he's not pressured. And everything drops when he's pressured. Accuracy, uh, uh, QBR, everything. Now, when he's not pressured, he's dicey. He, he does a great job in finding the open pass catchers and, of course, making things happen with his legs. So if I'm Spagnola, we're going to bring heat. You know, we used to say this in Pittsburgh in the secondary. Coach, make it hot so we can squat. You know what I mean? Make that pocket hot for that quarterback so we can squat on routes in the back end because that ball got to come out. So Spag has done a, a – he has a, a unique uh, coaching mindset where he brings exotic pressures and he disguises them up extremely well. You know, sometimes he might have a linebacker over the center just to occupy the center for another guy like Clark or Jones that have a free release uh, on their one-on-one -on -one matchups. So bringing exotic pressures. And one thing I would say all the time, Mike, the element is that the element of disguise is something that quarterbacks can't prepare for, because if you show them one thing and play something differently, they can't prepare or adjust on the fly in time to be able to be successful. So what I would do with all the talent, with, with all the five stars that the Eagles have on the offensive end, if you want to have success, you got to cut the head off the snake. You got to bring pressure to Jalen Hurts. You got to make that kitchen so hot, he don't want to go in there to use the microwave. And let's see, can he handle that type of heat for four quarters? I'm not saying that he can't, but one thing that I am saying, Mike, if you show your hand as a poker player to Jalen Hurts and you're playing against him in poker, he's going to take everything in the pot. So what I would advise Spagnola to do, show your poker opponent one thing, but then bluff him from time to time but then, in the other hand, have your real deck of cards ready for him, and let's see, can he make the adjustments on the fly? 
I love that in theory, but it gets a lot scarier to call, to dial up that pressure when you have three rookie corners. And now Legere Sneed may be coming back this week, clear from concussion protocol. Hopefully we'll be playing three rookie corners against the likes of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. What do you see them doing? Because this they run as much press coverage, actually the most press coverage in the NFL this season. Do you see them willing to challenge guys like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith? Because I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. trusting rookies to do that. At this moment, fear is not an option. Yeah. At this moment, you're the best in the world. When you get to this moment in the NFL where there's only two teams left, you're the best in the world. Fear is not an option. And you can't attack the game with that mindset because you have a young player or players in the secondary. All those young players, those rookies have played really good football. They don't understand how bright the lights have been. They're just playing football. But one thing you must do also to make sure that they're in the best position to be successful, you got to make sure that quarterback don't have time to go through his progressions, to be able to try to pick up some of those young guns. So what I'm saying is this, Mike. Steve Spagnola has to be strategic in when he's bringing pressure. And I, he has enough experience to know when I need to bring pressure, what they like to do on this play in, in regards to percentages, right, in, in regards to uh, the analytics. This is why I got to take my shots. This is why I got to take my chance. But, yes, you can't, you can't just sit back and be passive because you have young guys in the back end. Those young players have been playing the entire season. They've been playing good football the entire year. And don't forget, in the AFC Championship game, the pass catchers they were going against, no slouches. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins are bona fide playmakers, right? And they stood up, and they bowed their chest out, and they played big-time football. But also, what helped them in the back end was pressure on Joe Burrow, right? So mm -hmm. that, that mindset, that game plan has to follow them in this Sunday's matchup against Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. But like I said, be strategic in when you're going to gamble. You know what I mean? It's no different than being at the blackjack table. You got to be mindful when you're going to up your ante in regards to your bet, or you might scale it back a little bit. But it's all about a feeling. If you see a flow coming with those cards, Mike, guess what you might do? You're going to double your bet. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing as a play caller, man. When you call them plays on that sideline, you got to feel the flow of the game. When that momentum rolling, bam, let's double the bet. Let's go ahead and bring some heat. I think from what you're saying, I think we're going to see Legere Sneed in the slot, and I think we're going to see a lot of Legere Sneed blitzes in this game because he is one of the best blitzing corners in the NFL. Back. But when Back. they don't blitz, do you see this Chiefs pass rush getting home on Jalen Hurts? Because this Eagles offensive line, we talked about their D-line being one of the best in the NFL. Their offensive line is unquestionably the best in the NFL. One-on-one, -on -one, they haven't lost a lot of matchups this season. Do you see the Chiefs and Chris Jones being able to actually apply pressure to Jalen Hurts on their own? Yeah, I think so. And I think at moments in this ball game, it's going to be imperative for the Chiefs to get home on Jalen Hurst rushing only four guys. It's going to be imperative. Now, the stat, Mike, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but correct me if I'm wrong, the Chiefs finished number two in sacks. Like, so I just, I highlighted earlier in our show, I highlighted earlier in our show how good Philly's defense has been, right? But let's keep it real, and I'm looking them up right now so I can make sure I give you guys the exact numbers. But the, the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken, in sacks, I think they were second in the National Football League. So they've done a real good job throughout the regular season in putting pressure on quarterbacks and, and, and being able to make things extremely dicey for them. So that, that their defense has been really good. You know second, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 
Yeah, they finished with 55 sacks. 55. They were number two in the league. Now, the Eagles finished with 70, as I mentioned. So that's a big gap between <laughs> yeah. one and two. But they're no slouches. So to answer your question, I think they can. And I think they will have to do so. Chris Jones is a terror. Chris Jones is one of the best defensive linemen in this ball game, especially in the interior. And he, we saw his worth show up against uh, an injury pl- injury-led offensive line unit from Cincinnati. But we need to see the same pressure. And also, what about Mr. Playoff Man, Frank Clark? He, he, he tends to play his best football in the playoffs. I don't know what it is, but when it gets to playoff time, Frank Clark shows up. So those two guys got to be the lead catalyst uh, for the defensive line unit uh, with Kansas City and putting pressure on Jalen Hurts. All right, I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. You got to make a pick. Who's winning? What's the final score prediction from you, Brian? All right. Who's winning? Now, I have a funny little uh, vibe that I do with the Super Bowl every year. And even, Mike, going back to when I played in the Super Bowl, I watched football my entire life. And before I became an NFL player, I used to always watch Super Bowl, just like most people. One thing that I started to realize, and I told my cousin this, who was a big-time gambler, uh, before I even got into the league, I said, there's something about white jerseys that seem to always win ball games in the Super Bowl. So go fast forward to 2005, my rookie year, Pittsburgh. We wore white jerseys. And my cousin brought it to my attention. Granted, you know, I wasn't too familiar about anything gambling. He's like, Mac, what color jersey do y'all wear? I said, we wore white. He said, you remember what you told me when you was at Florida State? Like, white jerseys always win the Super Bowl. I said, yeah, what does that mean? He's like, man, I'm taking y'all to win the Super Bowl. Fast forward the next two years, Super Bowl uh, in 43, I think it was in town. We back in the Super Bowl. He's like, Mac, what jerseys y'all wear? We wore white. Okay, we won. Now, my third Super Bowl, we wore white jerseys, but we lost. <laughs> Long story short, white jerseys win more than color jerseys winning the Super Bowl. So, who's wearing the white jerseys this year? Kansas City, Jeez, Mike. Yeah. Let's go back. Last year, who wore white jerseys? The Rams. Is it the Rams, yeah. There you go. Let's go back. The year before that, who wore white jerseys? Tampa. I assume so. There you go. When's Tampa, the last time? right? Yeah. I didn't right. so before, that. So before Tampa, it was uh, uh, the Super Bowl in Miami was San Francisco and Jeez. Kansas yeah. City. Right? But Kansas City had home jerseys, if I'm not mistaken. I think they won. Yeah. Right? But long story short, white, white. Jerseys, white jerseys win more than color jerseys. But to answer your question, Kansas City, they're wearing white jerseys this game, but I'm not taking Kansas City. <laughs> I said all that just to tell you I'm not taking Kansas City even though they're wearing white jerseys. I just like to give you cool nuggets for guys to think about and talk about in the barbershop or for women to talk about in hair salon. But I'm taking the Eagles, and the reason why I'm taking the Eagles, they got too many five stars. Point yep. blank. They got too many. They, they, they're too talented. They have too many five stars. So I'm taking the Eagles to win. I got money already on Hassan Reddick to win the MVP. I believe this score would be 24, I'll say 23-17. A little tight, little scoring one. I'm going to go a little higher. I think 35-31. I think we see some fireworks. Oh, so you're taking the over. You're taking, you're taking like the, the over. The, yeah, you're, And you're I'm like leaning Eagles. I'm leaning Eagles as well because of what you said. It's just like you can really only limit them, you know, on both sides of the ball. Now, they haven't really faced an offense like the Chiefs, and they've had one of the easiest roads that I've ever seen to the Super Bowl. But this team's just too talented. It's too talented. It's, they got too many five-stars. Okay. Exactly. Hey, this is this is a rare occasion for Kansas City where they're on the football field, but they're not the most talented team on the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
Unique. All and right. the Eagles are well coached, by the way, Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm surprised that Steichen and Gannon have already taken their names out of head coaching opportunities. Now, not to say the head coaching opportunities were any great shakes this year, but those guys yeah. seem like prime head coaching candidates in the future. Yeah, but also, too, you look at the, the availabilities, like the Cardinals, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Colts. You know, you take one of those jobs, you might be looking for a new job in like two years. <laughs> it might not even be your fault. Brian, yeah. appreciate it. Thanks so much for having coming on, and uh, enjoy Arizona. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure.